We've walked you through the nuances of NFTs and Web3 culture, but what's it like to actually build a collection? Beyond the mechanics, there's a lot to consider and contend with, from minting out to charitable components to what's waiting for you on the other side. Today, I'm joined by my friends Willie Morris of Regenerative Farm Happy Goat, disability activist Paula Caroso of Inclusive Collective, artist Ed Balloon, and rapper-actor Dumbfounded as they share their stories, the struggles and successes from creating NFT projects. GM. GM. Got our co-hosts up here. Let's see. We're... Um... There we go. We've got uh, the hundreds and Adam Bomb Squad up here. GM, everyone. We're back to our normal time, 4 p.m. Uh, you're tuning in. If this is your first time. Hopefully, it's not your first, but you're tuning in to Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. I'm your host, uh, Bobby Hundreds. I'm the co founder of The Hundreds. We are a global streetwear brand. And last last summer, late last summer, uh, it's been over half a year now, we launched a collection of NFTs, which at the time seemed to be an ungodly amount of PFPs of different atom bombs. The atom bomb is our mascot. It's a cartoon-looking bomb. You may have seen him around over the last couple decades, uh, as long as a brand's been in, in existence. Um, 25,000 different versions of this Atom Bomb character along with his cohorts, Madam Bomb and Batam Bomb in the Bomb ABS family. And um, those NFTs sold out in 40 minutes and thus began the journey of ABS. <laughs> the hills and the valleys, the community uh, cultivation and the curation. And it's been just such a wild ride. You know, we've been doing the hundreds, the clothing side of the business for 19 years. My friend Ben and I, we started it, we founded it when we were just 23 years old. We were students in school. It took us a few years even to turn a profit. Uh, it took us a few years even to set on a logo or a mascot, and that was the Adam Bomb character. And uh, we feel like we've seen a lot. And uh, still uh, also feel like we're just beginning. But well, we, we feel like we have a little bit of insight um, as far as what it takes to build a brand, especially around community. A couple of years ago, I published uh, my first novel. It's a memoir um, story of my life and how we built the hundreds. But really what it means to build a brand around community and that book is called This Is Not a T-Shirt. And a lot of those tenets, the principles and the lessons gleaned um, from our career and from what we've seen in our own marketplace and industry, I feel like a lot of them apply to what we've been seeing in Web3 with these NFT projects and brands. It's, it's just a little bit harder to discern the entire picture because everything is so new. The space is so new. The founder's are relatively new, might be your first time hearing about them, especially in, the, in this type of technology-based context. And so because everything is new, it is hard to see what the full picture is and the, what the full scale could be and the depth of these brands and the artists and the creators behind them. So 
that's a big part of why we even do bomb talk. This is why we get together once a week, a couple times a month um, to do this show. It was really important for us with Adam Bomb Squad to have this educational, informational component behind this NFT collection. It wasn't meant to just be a bunch of PFPs and JPEGs being flipped around in a marketplace. Your association with this community was really about being immersed in the culture. And one of our first legs that we really stand on and we tout probably the, the flag that we bury the deepest in the sand is the importance of onboarding as much of our community. And when I say our community, I don't just mean the hundreds or streetwear or even um, anyone within like the context of brand of our brand, but really the community is, is NFT believers and enthusiasts, non-believers alike. Um, just anyone that we feel, which is essentially everyone, but anyone who we feel is intrigued or curious about Web3 or NFTs, like we want to onboard them and we want to introduce them to crypto because why? Because we believe in crypto, we believe in Web3 and NFTs, and we believe in the artistry, we believe in supporting founders and entrepreneurs. Um, and so that is such a big part of our mission with Adam Bomb Squad that it was almost expected and imperative for us to have this weekly talk show here on Twitter Spaces, Adam Bomb Squad's Bomb Talk. Uh, if you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds, and we have a really special show for you today, uh, touching on everything I just uh, went over as far as what's important to us, our values as a community in Adam Bomb Squad. Um, we get a lot of questions about building projects. And I think this goes back to the educational piece of the Adam Bomb Squad mindset. The hundreds has spent the last two decades um, introducing young people, uh, young founders, first time entrepreneurs and brand upstarts to the streetwear business. It's a really low barrier of entry to enter into this market because practically anyone can print a t-shirt these days. And if you can't even print one, you can draw on one and it's your flag, it's your identity. And you can start building a community beyond there. And so many people have looked to us at the hundreds and our story, my partner Ben and I, uh, to lead them to be a North Star of sorts, to inspire them in their own journey. And they've used it to go from building a brand, perhaps a t-shirt brand or a streetwear brand, to entering other forays into a business and entrepreneurship, whether it's starting a restaurant or, um, you know, uh, becoming a musician. Um, but there's many other different avenues that have sprouted from just building a brand. We're kind of being positioned in the same way in Web3 with Adam Bomb Squad and just because of the nature of the educational component. So people ask us, what's, what's it like building an NFT collection? What do I need to know? Uh, especially when the energy is so fluid and the space can feel so volatile. What is popular today might not be relevant tomorrow. And the lessons that were truth just a couple months ago are inapplicable 
uh, on this Monday, April 25th, 2022. Um, and so we're here for that conversation. We're here to, to spread and share as much of that uh, knowledge as possible, but we can only do so much. And so what I wanted to do today was invite four of our founder friends, uh, qualified, intelligent, really talented people from all walks of life, different experiences and different insights on the NFT space to share a little bit of their story, what it is that they're trying to accomplish with their endeavors, the lessons that they've been able to cull from their experiences, whether they just recently launched a project or are about to. And perhaps if you're curious about building your own, or let's say you already have a project out there, I think maybe this episode can be really helpful because um, everything is so new that we can each learn from everyone else's mistakes and wins and successes as well. And so without further ado, I kind of want to get started because we have a fuller panel today. Um, let's start inviting some of these guests on stage. Uh, we have Dumbfounded, who is fresh off the Coachella stage. Uh, Dumb is a rapper and a musician, an actor, and and uh, and now he has an NFT project. We got we got Willie Morris up here with Happy Goat. Um, Happy Goat is an entirely distinct project in the space that I can't wait for everyone to learn more about. That speaks to uh, everything from carbon offsets and climate change to uh, food quality. Uh, we also have my friend Paula from uh, Inclusive Collective. Paula has a project that I think is about to launch called Humans um, that is all about raising awareness of different disabilities and just identity in general across the board. It's an inclusive project, just like Inclusive Collective stands for. And uh, we also have Ed Balloon, Ed who I met last year just surfing in the water. Ed's got a project as well that he wanted to tell us about. Um, so, uh, I, I think we can begin actually, before we begin, let's get Sandy from the Adam bomb squad up on stage. Sandy, how are you doing? Oh, Sandy. I don't know if Sandy can speak. Okay. We're going to try to Sandy you might have to restart your phone. It's fine. We're going to just begin with, let's see who we do already have up on stage on the panel. We got Willie. We got Dom. Uh, Willie, how are you doing? Yo, I'm doing so good today, Bobby. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for doing this. I know we've been talking about this for months and months, and so I'm glad that it's finally happening. Dude, me too. This is great. And like great crew of uh, people up here. I don't see Ed up here yet, but um, yeah, I'm stoked and yeah, excited to learn about some more projects too. We'll get Ed up here eventually. When, um, but um, let's see. Do we got we got Dumb up here as well? Yeah, thanks for having me, Bobby. I literally just got in from Coachella, like just right now, to the house. Oh um, my god, you slept yeah. at all? Uh, I'm so burnt out, but I'm I'm excited for this talk. Okay, I'm. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll try to keep the energy going. Thanks so much for joining us. We got Paula up on stage. Paula, how are you? see paula can we get you up here are you are you rugged as well i think 
we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, which I think that this has been happening more and more in spaces in general. Paula, how's it going? Are you up here? Okay, when we're Paula's going to reset. We got dumb. We got Willie. Willie, I'm going to begin with you. You have a project. You have Happy Go. Happy Go. Um, let's let's have you explain just a little bit about your project and uh, what your motivation is for getting into this space. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, my PFP, I, I definitely look like a cowboy in it with the mustache and the, and the cowboy hat. But I spent like the last 10 years, uh, mostly in New York and in tech and doing all that kind of stuff and early on in crypto and everything. Um, but in 2020, landed out in uh, Mariposa, California, just north of four hours north of LA, right by Yosemite. And me and uh, my, my business partner ended up with 2000 acres of like amazing land and decided to do a regenerative farm on it um, regenerative farm farming is essentially just storing carbon in the soil and producing like way better food um, so we started with that and then as nfts started to blow up uh me and rhetoric who, who's in the audience we started joking about like what if we did like a nft project and brought people out to the farm got them out of the cities and that, what started as like a joke like summer 2021 turned into like uh, the basis for this entire project. Um, so we've turned it into a nonprofit. Um, and aside from just the farm, we're actually building like an entire creative wonderland on top of the farm. So like one of our barns is going to end up having a recording studio in it. We're doing a pool, an animal sanctuary, a bunch of like creative spaces, uh, an outdoor art gallery that mixes like IRL and metaverse vibes, trying to figure that out. Um, and, and our NFT project essentially gives membership to everything we're, we're building out here in the physical space, as well as, you know, all the standard stuff you've come to expect and love from NFT projects, you know, events at uh, different conferences and merch and all that kind of stuff. But for us, you know, we have this space. So we, we wanted to build it more than just for like our Happy Go community. We're, we wanted to build it for the Web3 community as a whole. So, you know, people creators artists projects if they're feeling burnout if they want to get away with their team they can come up here and relax hang out escape everything um they can create if they want to or they can just recharge with a bunch of like goats and animals um and that's that was kind of the premise for it and so we've just been building this whole thing up and uh, trying to build the whole physical side of it along with the digital side which has been wild um and we we got, we're a little bit different we're already fully funded as a nonprofit, so um, the NFT stuff and the Web3 stuff was really because we wanted communities. We really wanted, I say, like minds instead of money, because for us, that's the most important thing was getting more imagination up here on the farm and like helping us build something that um, can provide value, not just to, to us and our community, but to, like I said, artists and creators and, and Web3 as a whole. Speaking of artists and creators, we also have Dumb up on stage and Dumb recently released um, a really awesome project i love first of all i love the art and i'm not just saying that because one of the pfps is me uh but just like the style of the art is, is super cute and it also has a deeper meaning which is putting on for his community and um we that's gonna be a topic that's gonna continue to come up today it is critical for successful nft projects to understand sympathize and empathize with and also cultivate strong communities uh dumb's entire project is a nod and an homage and a point back to the neighborhood where he comes from so um dumb do you mind telling us a little bit about neighborhoods and actually we maybe we might even begin just with the context of who you are and the career that you stand on 
Yeah, um, uh, my name is Dumbfounded. I'm a rapper, actor, um, also part of the Koreatown community. Um, and I feel like my whole career, I've been very in tune with my community and people really associate me with K-Town become really synonymous to this neighborhood. And my project is called neighborhoods and it's, um, it's the name comes from the neighborhood neighborhood itself because I feel like I, this neighborhood raised me and made me who I am. And, you know, I joke around sometimes that, uh, I'm more Koreatown than Korean or American, you know, I'm like straight up Koreatown. And, and I, I feel like, you know, that one block radius, two block radius of your neighborhood, your town or whatever is so important to who you become. You know, it takes a village to raise someone, you know. So uh, I, my my project is all about supporting, you know, local businesses, um, you know, specifically immigrant owned multi uh, multicultural restaurants and, and businesses and and also shining a light on some hometown heroes in different communities as well. You know, I, I've done a lot of like grassroots work and a lot of my early hip hop shows and all that stuff were like neighborhood based community shows. So when I think of the word community a lot, that gets thrown around so much in the NFT space, I think of my immediate community of my neighborhood. So, um, you know, that's pretty much what the project is and kind of showing every, everyone in within the community, within the uh, neighborhoods community support on their individual uh, work they're doing in their neighborhoods. What was it about NFTs that uh, captured your mind and also showed you that perhaps this could be a way to resolve or to achieve particular goals that you've always wanted to execute as far as community organization community growth goes i think i've seen it a lot more uh recently as we kind of uh, went live with our project and kind of seeing who who's been showing up like we just had our first like kind of meetup at coachella like we just rented a house and just kind of do this little house party just to see who who was going to show up and who who got a neighborhood you know and when they pulled up and i was talking to them meeting them in, in person uh, it was just so the vibe was so positive and i felt like i've been experiencing that a lot in these spaces when i talk to the nft uh, like people in the nft space like very positive positive and supportive and kind of reminds me of the days like going to open mics and, and having local scenes almost like in, in la before everything kind of went like you know uh internet soundcloud managers all that stuff so it, this kind of had this feel like like open mics and ciphers and i don't know it just had that kind of community feel I remember the first time, I guess, well, you can speak on this too, but the first time that we threw an IRL event, I think it was the first actual official meetup was at Family Style, which is our food festival. And it was just a few weeks after our project dropped. And uh, I was super nervous and apprehensive about who was going to show up because the narrative so much until that point was like a very specific type of crypto bro. And what was really amazing and rewarding for us was we told everyone to meet up at a certain time. And I walked up and I was like, oh, wait, it's it's already our existing community. Like, I know these people. This is home uh, where I thought we were going to have to onboard like a completely foreign group and i don't know did you guys ex have you experienced some of that in terms of the community that you're building is it a completely different person than you're used to speaking to or is it are you seeing people that have supported you in the past or have been already within your culture coming forward 
Yeah, I think on my on my end, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, a, a lot of fans, obviously, of my of me and, and supporters of what I do and what I represent. Um, but on top of that, like you know, I was just talking to every one of the uh, people that came by the party just directly, and what, some people got introduced to another thing, heard about the project to another thing. But it was like a very intimate thing. You know, we only had like seventy people at the house party, and you know, they were like blown away because we had like Anderson Pack DJing at the party, and it was like a small house party. You know, and they were like, it was it was it was really cool to talk to these brand new people I've never met, but felt like family. Because as soon as they walked, they were like, "Yeah, neighborheads," and each person walked in, they're like, "Yeah, you got neighborheads." It was like a really cool vibe. Yeah, I think I think for us, it's been um, you know because I left New York and and that whole community, and I've kind of been been rebuilding a little bit in in a different way on on this side the last couple months. So definitely have like some people who have supported me like throughout all this, um, but there's also a lot of new faces, um, which is really exciting to me. Um, and leaning into like the web the web three world, but the cool the coolest thing for me is like kind of our team. Um, some of our team, it, it's like a mix of people I've known literally the last like 10 or 12 years, like our dev, um, who's, who's like pro- probably in the audience. <laughs> I've known him for like 12 years. We did a project together in Florida, like, you know, years and years ago. So it's been cool to have like the core team uh, and the people around be like uh, people I, I really trust and then have our community kind of expand out from that, um, which has been a, a fun <laughs> new new journey. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Bomb Talk by the Adam Bomb Squad. I'm Bobby Hundreds. And about a month or so ago, I spoke at South by Southwest. I get off the stage and I meet Paula, who is someone that has um, just become a good friend in the space. I've just grown to really admire the work that she's been doing as far as raising awareness for the disability community. And she is a uh, runs a project called Inclusive Collective. They have uh, their own collection set to unveil soon um, called Humans that I would love for her to speak on. And it's just about raising awareness, about promoting inclusivity. And it's it's an identity-based project. Uh, Paula, how are you doing today? Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Bobby here at the Autumn Bomb Squad. It was definitely so nice meeting you at South by Southwest and getting to speak to you. Um, My name is Paula Caroso. I am a disability activist and a disabled content creator. My work actually started in Web2 by promoting accessibility in several ways. One, creating disability awareness, um, promoting inclusivity by redefining disability, And then, of course, working as an influencer, content creator, speaker, panelist, all of the above. But as soon as Web3 emerged, I really saw an opportunity to pioneer and develop a project, you know, develop something where I can come in and represent my people off the bat and not wait to be represented, which is something that we're still waiting for on web two. Yes, we've made huge advances and we're, you know, I feel that people now see a lot of different identities, disabilities, um, being represented and more exposed. But if I saw, if I would ever to see an opportunity where I can pioneer and be one of the first ones to create representation in a new era, um, I would do it. And that's basically what I did with 
inclusive collective we are a web3 project that stems on the roots of wanting to represent all identities and we're more than just an nft collection our characters span from 10,000 nfts representing culture race gender sexual orientation disabilities um which is i don't want to put words out but we are looking to minting around july august but when i mean that we are more than an nft collection we're a web3 project looking to make things actually accessible make web3 accessible off the bat by being ada compliant ada accessible when it comes to websites hosting seminars hackathons and funding projects and um disability founders who are looking to get their work out so yeah that's a bit about me and inclusive collective Paula, the something you said earlier that I wanted to um, delve further into. You're talking about redefining disability, and and what does that mean to you? What is it defined as today, in your opinion, and what would you like for it to be understood as? Well, for me, I think I had a huge culture shock when I came to the U.S. I'm Latina. I am from Venezuela. So the way that Latins deal and cope with disabilities is not the way that Americans deal and accept disabilities. Something I co constantly saw in my country was first, Venezuela is a third world country and my parents uh, decided to leave Venezuela and bring me to the US so that I can actually have the proper treatment and advanced uh, uh, options to excel in a country that was accessible, et cetera. But another part of it was the Latin culture repeatedly wants to heal conditions, mental illnesses, disabilities, instead of learning how to be open, open and coping with them on a day to day. And then, of course, growing up in a Latin household, I constantly had the like, we need to cure you. And then I would go out into the world and, you know, I would just try to live my life because the world somewhat seemed a bit accessible, not fully, but we're working towards that. So a big part on me to redefine disability is that we are normal human beings, just like everybody else. Well, that depends on how you define normal. But another part is we need to eradicate this concept that we need to be healed. You know, and a part of Inclusive Collective and pioneering in Web3 is already coming off the bat, representing all these identities that exist as the new normal. Yes, that's amazing. I think everyone on stage could sympathize or uh, piggyback off of that statement. I think we're at a place, this really amazing time in history where so much of what we have been programmed or mediated or been told as being different, abnormal, outside, um, is now we can start dictating on our own terms as far as what we are, who we are, what we represent, what we believe in. And that's identity, right? And so that's something that really drew me to what you're doing, Paula, and also the the themes and the motifs that Will and Willie and also uh, Dumbfounded have been talking about, like so much of these NFT projects are really about identity. Um, and so I kind of wanted to touch just on that and like what that means to you, because 
we talk about the art, we talk about, you know, obviously the, the money and the investing and the collecting, and there's a lot of different pieces that go into NFTs. But when I look at it, and I write a lot about this, especially with when I go off on these NFT fashion essays, it has more to do with identity than I think people quite grasp and understand, including myself. And the projects that are welling up right now, especially the four that we're speaking with today, are so much driven by identity. And uh, that's such an important piece of, of life and psychology that I think people are looking for right now. What would you say about that, Paula? I think, you know, I think as humans, we always try to define things because society has tried to sway us from our emotions for such a long time. And, you know, as living in the U.S. as a capitalistic society, I think obviously, you know, that kind of stems to why they've driven us away from our emotions. But for me, your identities change all the time and every day. And Inclusive Collective takes pride on that. You know, we know that your identity is not something, it's not just something that you're born with. We know that your identity comes in your race, in your culture, in your parents. We also know that your identities change if you move from another country and you have to become an immigrant and things get tougher for you because either you don't know the language or whatever it might be your identity is going to change in that same second. So we take full pride on trying to observe, you know, the human behavior, but most of all the things that people can go through. I personally talk about um, intersectionality with disability because it turns out that a Latina who had to flee from Venezuela, come into a new country, parents who don't know English, Latin parents in the U.S., are going to live this situation with her daughter, with, with their disabled daughter, way differently than an American citizen that has a disability. So I think, you know, we have to kind of see identities as the things that make us feel home. We have to see identities as something, as a unique experience for each individual. And we need to stop categorizing them so much. Because in a way, I think for so long, you know, and even going to a doctor's office, you sit there and you're like checking out the, you know, the boxes, white, Hispanic, you know, female, male. And I think that has just separated our, you know, separated us from our identity because it's kind of honing in that you're only one identity when you're not. You're so, you're so much. Willie, Dumb, um, how important is this identity piece to your NFT projects? Um, yeah, I, I agree with what she just said about the, the ever-changing identity. Um, I think for myself, uh, you know, I had a journey with my own I identity as well, you know, growing up and uh, and not hanging out with many Asian kids and, and being the only Asian amongst different groups and uh, you know, rapping and all of a sudden being identified as an Asian rapper and an, a Korean rapper. And it's like, and then I was like, why can't I just be a rapper? You know, but then also becoming proud of who I was and not having a problem being called an Asian rapper and leaning more into it. So it's just been like a constant change of how I feel about my identity. And my project is, you know, I, I, I'm, me personally, I feel like I, I was lucky enough as a person to, uh, 
grow up in a neighborhood that that proudly wore like their culture on their sleeve, you know, and and seeing places represented and menus still in our native language, not even translated where, you know, um, my mom brought us here from Argentina like I'm Korean and people would like be shocked about my story you know she snuck me and my sister in through the Mexican border with coyotes when I was three because I was born in Argentina you know and um like that's something that people would never know you know and we resided in Koreatown since then and my mom speaks Spanish and Korean and been here for 30 years and doesn't speak speak a lick of English because you can get around using Korean and English here you know um, so I, I feel like I really identify with a lot of the, the people around the neighborhood who have a similar experience as immigrants. And I feel like that's why my project is so identity driven. I feel like, um, as somebody who is younger and who's more in tune with the space, like, I feel like we need more leaders in that way where they're almost translators and not just language, but everything right um tech you know socials the way we communicate with the outside world and i i feel like that's that's kind of like what what i'm trying to do with this this project and i always felt like the need for that in general you know like all the best spots right we talk about food are like these immigrant places that are like little in the cut but like somehow they can't get their shit out there. I mean, the pandemic showed a lot of that during during that tough time. So we just need these kind of neighborhood translators, cultural translators who take it from the inside to out. Willie, I didn't know if you wanted to speak more on that. I also wanted to ask you about some of your goals. We, we touched briefly on it and you giving us a rundown with Happy Go. But um, one piece of it was just about food food equality and better food distribution, education, food security. Um, we don't have to get too far deep into it, but why is that so important to you and how does the farm play into it? Yeah, dude, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I appreciate you not letting me answer the identity question because I am the most basic ass white boy on the stage. I, just <laughs> up, I grew up in Virginia and, you know, I'm uh, I'm just, but I, I do agree. It is, you know, identity is multifaceted and it gets into the food production side, right? When we talk about food production and food justice, uh, you know, in the U.S. and in, in most of the people who farm look like me, right? Like that's where our ad comes from. It's a bunch of like old white dudes making food in this country. And if you think of like anything where we have, uh, you know, a single group of people doing something, it's stupid and we're like as a whole as a as a community of people in the u.s like we are missing out on like all this creativity all of this like you know amazing thought that could go into food production in the u.s and like the food we eat is like not not great here and a lot of people are still like barely scraping by um on both sides on the farming side and on like the actual like food sustenance side so you know for us nfts were a way to like you know, get people into farming and food production and ag in a fun way. Like, we don't care if you don't know anything about farming or ag now. Like, that's why we're building, like, a super fun place. Come out here and enjoy it. And then hopefully, we'll, you know, you'll find something that you that you gravitate towards. And then we can get some new ideas and new thoughts and new diversity into this space that has been dominated by, you know, uh, a monoculture, essentially, of people. And I think it's uh, to, to everyone's dismay that, that that's happened. So, um that's that's like the back the back side of the coin for happy goat 
Bobby's muted right now. Am I dripping? Oh my uh, god! I'm so, I'm so sorry. I was yeah, muted. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I just checked. So like, did, I, did we get rugged? Did I get rugged? <laughs> I was rugging myself. I was just uh, sitting here speaking out loud to myself in my room. Um, Willie, I was uh, what I was saying to myself, but now I can ask you: Is you know the agriculture space and tech right? Have they seem so far apart, but in many ways they are one and the same. I feel like there's a lot of parts of that that are actually quite married. And um, it's so nice having you in this ecosystem and in this culture because we rarely get to hear uh, your point of view in, in this language being spoken. And it's so important. But, you know, why do you think there are so few people coming from the farming agriculture background in Web3? Is it just that um, is it just a lack of awareness? Is it like um, is it lack of education or? Uh, just lack of appeal. I, I don't know. What, what what would you think it is? Uh, I think it's a combination. I mean, you know, we're so early in Web3, right? So there's a lot of industries and verticals that we're not even touching yet. Um, I think it was just in, in ag and trying to, you know, me and Rhetoric talking about all this stuff and, and bridging the gap between the two. Um, but yeah, I mean, ag and tech have always been mar married together. And, you know, there's so much stuff happening on the ag tech side right now um, that I think we'll see more and more of this because, right, ag it's not an ag problem. It's a, it's a climate problem. It's an earth problem. And if we don't solve it, like, we're all going to be screwed. So, you know, for us, it was just like, hey, this is a good way to get more hands on deck uh, and more people thinking about this in a, in a, with a very soft, soft pitch rather than like, you know, being super preachy to people. So I think we'll see more of it, but I mean, that's also the beauty of web three, right? Like I'm an ag dumbfounded and inclusive, completely different projects, Adam bomb squad and streetwear different. I see spike in the audience about, you know, he's doing food and stuff. And like, we have all these different industries and verticals sharing ideas. It's like, I think that it feels like another true renaissance moment where, you know, this hasn't happened any other time in history except except for, you know, like really like the renaissance. Right. When we all get to come together and share ideas. So um, I'm I'm just I just get really excited about that. That's all. <laughs> You're listening to Bomb Talk. I'm going to invite Sandy up on stage really quickly just to tell us a little bit about I'm assuming there's a PO app today. I forgot to mention this earlier, Sandy. Uh, what's up with that PO app? Hey everyone, hope you guys have been having a great time. Um, I just went ahead and added a new pin, which is a pull app. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what that is, it is kind of like a ticket stub or a concert stub that you keep just to kind of like hold on to that memory that you were here at this time. So we'd love to give you your first NFT if you don't have one. If you don't, or if you do have an NFT, you might as well get this pull since you're already here. So go ahead and click on that form. The special code is GOAT in all caps. Uh, really because Willie shared this cute photo of a goat wearing a tutu. You guys should see it, but yes. I'll goat. <laughs> um, thanks. Willie is the goat. Uh, you're listening to Bomb Talk. We <laughs> are about to be, I think at any moment now, be joined by Ed Balloon, who is our fourth guest. Uh, he's running a little bit late, but until then, I think we should actually get to the meat of what today's conversation is about, which is actually building in Web3 and what that's like. And um, we were just talking about this at lunch that everyone that approaches me about starting an NFT project or building a collection, 
they, for whatever reason, it's hard for them to see on the other side. It, it kind of reminds me of my friends who are about to become parents or have just become new parents. And it's impossible to explain what it's like on the other side when you actually have the baby with you. It's like, I can do my best, but until you get there, it's not going to make any sense. And NFTs are kind of the same way where I'm like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And the real work actually begins after the mint and after the reveals, you understand. And everyone's just like, yeah, no, 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 I get it. I get it. I'm just going to put out the collection. I'm going to you know, make a ton of ETH. And I'm going to move on with my life. And I'm like, that's not what it is at all. It's almost like you're working in reverse. And so I, 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 I just wanted to maybe if I have other voices on stage to help amplify this lesson to the people in the audience or anyone who's curious like, what is it like? I mean, I, I know it's it can be incredibly daunting and overwhelming at times. It's difficult work. It's unlike any other work. Um, and so wherever you are in your process, because some some of you, like Paula, you, your project is forthcoming. Uh, Dumbfounded, your project has just dropped. Um, so you're at different stages of what this is. But what is what are some of the lessons and advice and experiences you can share that that you want to share with people that are walking into this. I think any wisdom that you've gained over this last few months is going to be really valuable. Anyone can begin. Oh man, I just came in here. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. We got Ed. We got Ed. I just came in here. How are you doing? You know, um, I'm living my dream. (laughs) Kendrick had a dream. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm actually, no, I am. I am. I'm doing it. I love this. Um, I'm, I really want to answer your question because. Well, um, how think... about this? Sorry to interrupt, but what if you just begin by actually introducing your project? I didn't get a chance to do that yet. That is true. Should... I know. Look at me just talking. Let's um... talk about Run Ed. Let's do it. <laughs> um, word. So, wow. Okay. Thank you so much uh, to talk um, for this often. For this um for this opportunity um but like yeah uh run ed the run ed collection legit is a collection um that is going to incorporate stop motion animation um if you want to wear um i have a stop motion animated puppet which is in my pfp um and looks just like me um uh but you know it's it, 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 it it's it's animated and um i'm also going to going to be incorporating 2d and 3d animation um as well um, along with music uh, um, and sound and voiceover. And all of that is um, legit going to uh, give people the tone of what um, the Ed B, the puppet world is going to be, um, which I, I will be creating in the pilot. Um, um, in addition, uh, so it's a 5K as well. Um, and in, in addition, it's going on um, the, um, so the primary sales, um, some of the money from the primary sales will be going to funding the pilot. Um, and secondary sales will be going, 50% of secondary sales will be going to buying art from marginalized, um, from buying art from um, artists and marginalized communities, communities in the, um, in, in the, you know, the NFT ecosystem. Um, as a community builder in the space, I also host a rug, rug radio BIPOC um, LGBTQIA um, space with um, Brittany and Pat Wagner. And, you know, I come across artists every day, um, especially those who, you know, um, are in marginalized communities, you know, talking about the art not selling or them not having visibility or those platforms. And so my goal as a community builder, as well as an artist, is to be able to, you know, 
um, try to find a way to, you know, uh, you know, find uh, or find a solution to that problem. Um, I know I, I'm only one person and, you know, all my team is only one team um, and this ecosystem is pretty big, but, you know, I think I can do something and, and hopefully what I'm doing can be an example for other projects um, um, in this space of like how they can also contribute to helping and uplifting artists as well. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, but, yeah, you did a pretty good job of summarizing what that is, Ed. It's, uh, you're doing a lot. Um, Ed, you know, what What does it take to build a project like this, if, especially for someone who's completely new to the space and they are intrigued by NFTs and they see the value in them? Um, I mean, where do you even begin? It's, it's different than for me, if you were starting a, a t-shirt brand, I could tell you to go to a screen printing shop. You know, I know where to buy some blanks or you do your art on Illustrator. But NFTs are in an entirely different animal. What, what would you say to someone who's like, where do I begin? Man, um, conversation is so important. And I think we kind of dismiss it. But it's very important because we can learn so much. Um, with, through conversations, I'm, I learn about other cultures. Through conversations, I learn about, you know, other trials that people go through. And I think that is the, the main thing, right? Being able to see somebody. And, you know, granted, we have these PFPs and we're not really seeing them, but being able to hear people's, like, stories is so important. And, and so when we're able to, you know, engage in conversations, um, we are now learning um, and we're building awareness, right? And so being aware of things, right? I think something like, you know, with some of these projects that come in here um, uh, is that they lack a lot of awareness. Like, oh, yeah, we, like, maybe it's not diverse or it's not inclusive, right? But here you have people who are, like, in the space. Like, I'm going to shout out her because, and, and well, them, like, Psych and Betty because, you know, I love them. And they're here. But, you know, legit, they have that, that their project is so inclusive. And and they they legit thought about that. And it's it's all about through conversation and, and building that in and when you're legit you know in these spaces don't only really go into these spaces for the sake of like hey i'm i'm an artist i'm doing this but i'm an artist and i'm here to bring what do you what do you what do you want to bring um to the space right i think sometimes as people were like and i came into this space like oh i'm an artist i want to sell this right but immediately it was like oh i'm building what can i give back to this space what can i what can i give to help you know help this space right i'm seeing there's a lack okay there's a lack here what can i do to, you know, to, to, to fill this void or, or to, 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 you know, to stop this problem, right? So it was, it was quickly, okay, we need to make the BIPOC LGBTQIA space. We need to talk about these issues. We need to bring visibility. How can we do that? How can I help people be able to find, um, how can I help people, you know, uh, sell their art and, and find ways to connect them and do all these things, right? And so it, it legit becomes, you really have to find um, one what like you really have to understand like hey this is not about it's not only about me selling art it's bigger than that and i really want people to understand it's way bigger than that and maybe i'm just only coming from the stance of like i'm a community builder but i think if we're early and we're here we're all building we're all building so you you really can't say you're not you're not a, bu a community builder if we're early and we're here now we're all building and um and so you need to take that you need to take that role now however you want to build that's fine it's but like even a retweet is doing something like right? this, you know, having a conversation, being able to like um, be in the DMs and saying, hey, you know what? I'm seeing you doing this. Maybe you would want to do this. Like being able to just be accessible sometimes for people. That's that's huge. 
teaching people about security is huge, right? Like as artists, I think sometimes we also forget about, I'm going all over the place. Let me know when you even want me to stop because <laughs> I know I'm doing the most. <laughs> Do you want me to stop, Bobby? I, I can stop. Paula, I feel like so much of what Ed is saying is your language well so relatable to what you do and your work yes thank you um ed i know you hopped in here not to put you on the spot but you know you're a bit late just introduce myself to you my name is paula i'm an inclusive activist and a disabled content creator and i've and i'm actually in the process well the project is created we're a web3 project called Inclusive Collective, and we're working towards representing disabilities and identities in Web3. One of our main goals is that, you know, Web2 kind of didn't even think about us. And 20 years after, you know, Web2 has been created, it's like they're still catching up on making things ADA compliant. They're still catching up on having alt um, text description on the images for people who are blind. You know, there's still not enough um, integrated audio um, coding behind websites to have uh, these websites read out to people who are blind. So I feel like, you know, it's what I was telling Bobby at the beginning. If I can pioneer in something and if I can do it, I'm going to own it. And then going back to your question, Bobby, um, on how my journey has been in NFTs, it was actually really funny. I had a friend contact me because he was looking for a marketing person for Web3 and knowing uh, my like stance on Web2 that I was that I'm an influencer content creator, he asked me. And I was like, I don't know anything about NFTs. I don't know what everybody's talking about, but I have this idea. And he's like, okay, cool. Tell me that your idea that you have. And I'm like, okay, I want to create a collection on disabled characters. And he's like, that has got to be one of like the greatest ideas I've heard all the time. And then within a within two weeks, like they were developing the art, but I was still trying to catch up into what even nfts were i had no idea so i'd say that for any newbie or anybody looking to you know get into nfts you have to identify your goal you do you know do you want to launch a project do you want to invest in projects what's your goal do you just want to like skim around for a year and then get into it i think you have to identify your goal you're not gonna sleep i'll tell you that like once you identify your goal and, and if it is to launch a project you're not gonna sleep it's said and done and you're going to have to do a lot, a lot of research. You're going to have to look into other projects. You might have to buy a couple. Obviously, community building is amazing. But the thing that has worked for me the best is be humble and be extremely respectful in the community because you have top experts in here that actually know what they're talking about and know what they're doing. But I think that, you know, your grit and your motivation is going to take over. So that's my take on that part. Go ahead, Ed. Ed, you got yeah, it. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to add, like, absolutely. I think something though is more so of a lot of times you don't know what you want until you have some time in the space. I think, and that's okay. Um, I think, and that's okay. I think sometimes people are like, "Oh, I need to hurry up and um and make a sale, or I need to hurry up and do this, or I need to hurry up and formal in a project and stuff like that." And that's kind of when you get wrecked, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, and and that's more so what what I meant by building, right? Because when you're building, right, it's not only so much about, like, what you're giving back, what you're getting, you're gaining, right? You're learning about security, which is very important, not to click scans and stuff like that, especially if you're coming from Web 2, right? There's a lot of things you have to kind of unlearn. 
um, so you can be you can um, be able to navigate in this space. So it can just be from and why conversation is very important, right? Because hey, you're, now you're talking to people who are le- legit have been in this space for quite some time, and they're letting you know, okay, how about you? You, you, how do you like? How do you even read a team when it comes to like investing into a project or buying into a project, right? If you haven't been in the space for quite some time, right? And so it's like, okay, who do you go to? Um, um, what spaces do you go to? You know, of course, it's not financial advice. You, you know, you can only, um, you, you don't want to like, you know, just listen to anyone, whatever. You have to, you want to do that research, but there's ways to do it. And it's like, okay, a project, and why are you buying into a project? And asking these questions, but also what is this giving back, right? And what am I doing? And how can I navigate in this space and security, all those things, right? And that only really will come with time. And so so if, if anything, right, it's, it's really more so of having conversations, which I think is really important. Um, we have these spaces um, for the sake of being able to have these conversations, which is really good. Um, but it's, 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 it's more so like taking the time to really understand your surroundings and, and, uh, and, and, and understanding understanding what's going on because there's a lot there's a lot to learn like i've been here for some time now and i still don't know everything right but there's a lot of things to learn because and 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 if there's a lot for you to learn you can only take so much in and the last thing you want to do is just jump in and do these things right and then you know unless you have that 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 wiggle room right unless you have that that eat to go off and you know go crazy or you know uh you like but not everyone can do that um and i think also if you want to be here long term it just makes more sense to like you know take the time and really you know see see things out dumbfounded i know you've been in the space for a long time actually because even when we dropped our project you were talking to me about nfts and um pontificating on what you would be contributing to this space and you just recently dropped neighborheads which is one of my favorite new projects that's out right now and um, can you just give us a little bit insight as far as what it was like in terms of building this project, how you feel about it at this point in time, what the future looks like for neighborhoods? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I think Ed could relate to this coming in as an artist starting an NFT project because you're bringing in everything you've built as an individual along with it. And I think that part can be scary for a lot of people. And when I introduced that I'd be working on an NFT project, of course I got some backlash too from people who may not be familiar with the space or who has their feelings about NFTs. And after I even texted you, Bobby, I was like, how do you handle the haters? <laughs> like, or, you know, and, and, but, but right after that wave of comments, the first week, I, I got a lot of love from people who were already in the space and, and very, they were very supportive. But, you know, I think, the tough the tough part was there was a lot of people and artists who were coming in and and rug pulling from from you know all all, all their followers and i think the big thing about this if you're going to be an artist coming into the space and and vice versa like the people have to really believe in you and and the integrity of the artist as well you know who who's representing a project so I think for me, like, you know, our project just launched, but we didn't sell out, you know, and this is going to be a long journey for us. And we're still delivering on all the utility that we promised. You know what I mean? Um, we're only o- almost at like 20 percent minted and and we, we're just going to keep going and, and we're getting new mints every day. You know, so this is a long journey for us. Um, but I think 
I learned so much about it. Every department, you know, it's like running a restaurant. There's the kitchen, there's the front, you know, the service, the building, the contracting. It's like everything, you know, wearing every part of the every hat in every department from the art, you know, uh, to the tech. So all this has been very, very educational to me. Um, You know, I've only been uh, collecting NFTs and learning about NFTs since like, uh, I don't know, November late November, December. So I am, I'm still pretty new to this, but I was lucky enough to team up um, with a platform called open that provided a lot of developers and support. Um, And you can check them out. It's OP three N on, on, you can download the app and they support a lot of creators, NFT projects. And um, yeah, it's been interesting. And and I teamed up with a lot of people that I've known for over 10, 20 years in in the network of like even in entertainment. So Kenzen Lee, who did the 8-bit art for me, he uh, he's someone who's been working with like YouTube guys for like years. I've known him for 10, 15 years because I come from the YouTube world. And um, even even the guy uh, who uh, the founder of the platform, Jason Moss, somebody I've known for 15 plus years. Um, you know, Far East Movement, who's right here listening in, like that's my management team who who's partnered up on this project. And they're also very active in the community. So, um, you know, we're, we're very tapped in and uh, with with our world and we're familiar with each other and, and how we work with each other. But the space is new. So it's like a, a team of like uh, heads that we've known each other for years, but coming into a new space and figuring things out together. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done. I, I, will, I will admit that I've done a lot of hard shit, but <laughs> this shit is hard. Willie, would you agree with that statement? <laughs> no, dude, this is fucking cake, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. The web three space is just 24 seven nonstop. And like, things are changing, like on a daily basis, like over the last year, like, it's nonstop. And like, if you're out for like a day, it feels like you were out for like a week from like a normal thing. Like it is just, just going. And, uh, the, the craziest thing is I think it forces you into this weird rhythm where like you just start feeling like it's normal to have spaces on when you're doing anything in your life. Like it's just a, a bizarre thing. Um, the good thing about web three though, is like, there are so many people here who are helpers and community builders who are willing to give you time and like, you know, being able to DM people or, or hit people up. And like, I've had people proactively reach out to me who I didn't even know who were like, yeah, we love what you're doing. Like, how can we help? Or like, we just finished our mint. Like, what what do you need? Like, it's a ama- the community is amazing, but you have to give it the time. And uh, that's always the the trickiest part with, with it. Um, I think coming from, you know, web two or, or anything else. I often find that I guess in other areas of life, but especially in NFT land, that the hard, tricky, complicated, and heavy parts of it are actually your answers and solutions are sitting right there. And you just said it. Um, One of the daunting pieces is that overnight you can have hundreds, thousands of holders, more or less collectors, uh, and in some regards it can actually be construed as investors, and it's a lot of pressure. And that weight can be intimidating, if not overwhelming or even flattening. However, if you look at that community as, uh, as exactly that, a community of people, of soldiers, of people who are there to help, people who are there to partner with you on this project, all of a sudden, 
all your problems actually become quite lighter. And the answer seems to be a little bit more clear in that the entire point of this is that they're not there as customers or as patrons. They're not your consumers. And that's something that I had to change my mind on coming from a Web2 background, having built a classical apparel brand over the last couple of decades, walking into this space, thinking that our 8,600 holders we're customers and they're not. They're our partners. They're here and they're just as invested in seeing the growth and the benefits and the and the and the success of Adam Bomb Squad more than I do in some ways. And so as soon as I realized that it number one, it felt less lonely, but number two, I felt more much more equipped and empowered. And I think that's applicable to so many of the other burdens and the pressures, the ills and the complications that come with NFT life is that, you know, a lot of it just seems like, oh, this is impossible, but it's not like the answer. It tends to be within the community. I, I don't know if anyone else has felt that way or can sympathize with that. Yeah, I think that, that saying, you know, the smartest person in the room is the room is like such an applicable thing when it comes to the NFT, the NFT world. Like that's why we're building communities. It's so it's, it's so we can do things better than we could do on our own. So we can have ideas from people with different backgrounds and, you know, who come from different places and who live all over the world versus, you know, just a small collective. And I think that's that's the real beauty of it. Like, obviously, there's, you know, there's money and taking down traditional institutions and stuff. But the beauty of it, it is like the the power of inclusivity and diversity in the space that gives Web3 its power. We're starting to actually wind down. I didn't realize how fast an hour just went. <laughs> um, so we're going to give quickly. I'm going to give you, well, real quick, Willie, I'm going to give you the mic just to speak on Happy Goat. Just one quick plug um, on on what you're doing over there. And then uh, and then we can actually move around the room and everyone can have some closing thoughts on what they're doing with their project as well. Yeah, for sure. So we're essentially building like the Soho House of the Mountains on one side and then on the back side of it, we're having a, a huge impact. So um Definitely just come like our project mints mid-May. Our Discord is open. We're not making people jump through any crazy hoops to be on our allow list. Come in, have fun. Like our whole thing is like, you know, we want people to meet in real life, do some dope events, also help us build like the future of what a nonprofit looks like when community is involved and involved in the governance and everything else. So um, fun on the front side, impact on the back side, and uh, really dope community. So come on out. Um and if you're a creator or artist, hit me up and, uh, you know, we have retreat space for you and and outdoor gallery space and all that good stuff. So uh, hopefully we see some new friendly faces. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you having us, Bobby. This, this has been super fun. Oh, of course. Uh, what, what's up with you, Ed, and your project run, Ed? Let's let's tell the room about it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much again. Uh and do I, I do apologize for coming in a little bit late. Um, but yeah, uh, again, it's a 5K project, and I have the generation, gen, um, the Ed Balloon Generational Wealth Fund, um, which will be the 50% um, secondary sales, um, which would go, be going into that fund to be buying art from the, you know, um, artists, um, buying art from um, the artists in marginalized communities in this space and also supporting my pilot. This, but, but like really my goal here with this is to really set the tone um, for the space of like what we can do, you know, with these projects. Um, and I'm not seeing enough done, um, you know, and to each his or her their own, but I just feel like we can do so much, um, you know, with these big projects. Right. And um, 
I'm taking the step, this leap. Um, I haven't really seen other projects do it, um, but I'm not here, you know, to see who's going to do it first or whatever. I'm legit here because I see there's a need. And um, along with as well, I, I am an artist, but I see there's a need. And if I can, you know, try to, you know, fill that need and, and help, I'm going to do so. And so this is a way of me helping um, as also, you know, uh, putting my art out to, you know, not only give you guys dope art, but also, you know, um, helping to fund my palette as well. So, yeah, that is the the Ed Run collection. It's 5K, uh, and I will be minting um, April 28th this week. Um, and, yeah, if you want to hop into the Discord to get any updates, you can. Uh, it should be pinned up on top. And thank you so much, Bobby, for this. You're incredible. Love you, bro. Love you. Paula. Yes, I am here. So, Paula Caroso, disability activist, disability content creator, started off my career representing disabled rights on Web2, slowly integrating myself onto Web3 with Inclusive Collective, a Web3 project looking to represent identities, disabilities with our humans, an area of 10,000 NFTs representing all sorts of identities. We are looking to mint around July, August. Our Discord is coming soon as of now. You can follow us on our Twitter and on our Instagram where we are most active. DM us, message us with any questions or any way that you would love to get involved. Love it, Paula. And last but not least, we got dumbfounded, fresh off the heels of Coachella. Can we talk about Coachella real fast? Yeah, I mean, that was a huge milestone for me career-wise. I got to perform on the main stage. Also came out at the Gobi tent for Tokyo Monster set. So Friday, Saturday, I was able to hop on stage at Coachella, which was crazy. Like, like was what insane. is that like? What is that like when you stand? Like, first of all, growing up and, and attending, it's already just an overwhelming, magical experience. But to, what does it even look like on stage when you're when you're looking out at that? It was insane. I mean, this is a festival when I was a kid, like I'd, I'd sneak into, you know, I mean, like I would hop the fence, multiple fences to get into this place. And just being on that main stage was absolutely incredible. And, and you know, I shout out Golden Voice, too, because I think they really did make an effort to put more Asian artists on this year on the, on the lineup. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, and, and actually just multi-ethnic, like there was like a whole ranchera band, like there was all types of crazy, like genres of sound. So I really, I thought that was really cool, but it was like people as far as I can see, you know what I mean? It's, it's really wild. Um, just it's stressful. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm relaxing today, but, um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. It's cool. And, that and, even within all of that, you had an event for neighborhoods at Coachella. <laughs> Yeah, on Sunday we rented this big place, and and you know we had Anderson Pack DJing, Tokyo Monster pulled up, Ronnie Chang. It was it was really cool. A lot of friends just came and supported. Met a bunch of neighborhoods uh, mentors like in, for the first time ever. Talking to them, hearing their stories was really cool. So that was like my first taste of like really meeting the community in real life. So I thought that was really cool, and it was like a celebration because I had just come off stage, you know. So, um, but yeah, so neighborhoods is is a project that we just dropped uh a week and a half a little over a week ago we're about 20 percent minted so it's going to be you know a journey but we'd love to have you guys join as uh, 5,555 of them um and with 2,000 unique traits a lot of traits that are just inspired by our youth the fun things we grew up on um there's there's some really rare ones too 150 rare joints that are elders so there's like like <laughs> elders that i've seen around the neighborhood and all that so that's really cool 
and and we're doing a lot of stuff with community businesses and local businesses and um, other businesses in different cities as well. Um, so while su supporting those businesses, we're also going to have a lot of fun and events. So everyone, you know, will get exclusive items from these restaurants or whatnot. And at the same time, we get to support these businesses. So we're going to do a lot of that stuff and, you know, support all, support a lot of these projects coming from independent artists. You know, I, I trust the project more from an independent artist than like a major um, artist from a label because we know how to do the work. You know, we pre press our own merch. We organize our own events. Like, we know how to do these things, you know what I mean? So I definitely think supporting projects that come from people with, with these kind of independent movements and experiences, like, uh, are the ones to go with, you know what I'm saying? So check out Neighborheads. That's Neighborheads with a Z at the end. Um, it's tuned in right now on, on this talk, uh, and the link is there. So thank you, guys. That was such a great way to close out today's session. You've been listening to Bomb Talk by Anna Bombsquan. Today's episode was all about building in Web3. I, I was, it was really important for me to introduce you to four good friends, founders that I believe in that are developing projects or have recently dropped an NFT collection, um, mainly because so much of the narrative right now, and maybe it's just because the media has limited headlines maybe because the twitter verse has almost only so much bandwidth um so much attention to dedicate towards a specific project but uh for whatever reason we seem to hyper focus on one or two projects that are having their moment in the sun for that particular two weeks and you know without naming names we all know what that project is right now and it looks like owls and maybe it was azukis before cats or doodles but uh, something i'd seen a lot um coming from streetwear was that the media tend to focus like it's almost like you put a spotlight on a couple brands or a couple designers and you're saying this is representing the entirety of this space when the reality is is that beyond the perimeter of that light in the shadows, there are hundreds or thousands of brands, projects, artists, developers, uh, designers that are working on their own little mini worlds and universes. And that's really what the culture is about. And while we need the mainstream headliners, it's just like Coachella, right? We need the Billie Eilish's, you know, they attract a certain amount of audience. They give a certain amount of gravitas to the brand name of Coachella and, and get ticket sales. I understand. But really what that festival is about is about discovery. And it's about being exposed to new acts and artists that are on the main stages or finding friends out in the audience or eating new foods from a vendor that you've never been uh, exposed to before. Like that's really what the entirety, the appreciation, the theater of Coachella is all about. It's the same thing with this space. You know, the rhetoric and the narrative and the spotlight is always stolen and consumed by just one or two projects at a time. And it's just not representative of exactly what's going on. And, you know, the more we do that, the more we only talk about certain projects and it's, the more it's just only about how much ETH or how much a floor price is or even like how much a project has sold, has sold through or how many of a specific NFT there are. 
um, you know, you're kind of you're kind of missing the plot. You're missing the point. I think you're losing the plot, and I think you're shortchanging the entire space. And and what it can actually end up doing is abbreviate the entire runway of the entire ecosystem. And so um, it's our duty that we've taken upon ourselves at Anna Bomb Squad. I hope for everyone here, we all do our part as well to highlight uh, the other players the people who aren't necessarily just sitting in the spotlight because we're the ones that are building, cultivating. We're the ones that are really being additive, you know, and we're here for the long haul. I think Dumb's point is so poignant that we are the independent artists, the real builders, like not, not just some funds, not just some like rich dudes that, you know, have like billions of dollars who are coming in or people who have already been, you know, like dominating in, in tech or whatever. It's like, no, we are just like actual builders. Like we have track records of success. We care. We're passionate. We're impassioned and passionate and passionate about the projects that we're doing, the work we're doing. And, and we're humans and we and legitimately care. And so uh, invest in people like these that are all up on stage today. Um, look out for their projects. Neighborheads is out now. Uh, look out for Happy Goat, uh, Willie's project, Humans, which is coming later this summer, and Ed Balloon's project, which is coming soon as well. And support artists, support the the brands and the projects that aren't necessarily the mainstream all-stars because to me, this is just my opinion, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are still going to be standing. And, um, and, and that's proven true time and time again. And I don't need to name the names that had their moment in the sun last year that, you know, it only lasted a season. And then there are the real ones that are still out there just chugging along and doing the work. So let them know, Bobby. Hell yeah. Thank you, Ed. Um, I love you guys all. And, and Paula, thank you so much also for being here. Yeah, I think that's about it for today. We'll be back soon with another bomb talk. Follow everyone up on stage. I'm just going to hang here for five seconds so you can like click on their profiles. Please follow each one of them. I'm just going to wait a second. Um, and if you missed any part of this episode, I upload them afterwards. It might take a few days because of Twitter, but I'll upload them all to wherever you stream your podcast. You can listen to them. I think we're nearing almost 20 episodes of bomb talk. And so um, we mean it when we say Adam bomb squad is about education and onboarding the next generation to web three. All right, that's it. Have a great day. Get out there and support the real ones. Thanks right. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Bobby. Thanks, Thanks Bobby. Bye everyone.